0: fireside chat presented by rotographs and pitcher list sit back relax and enjoy paul spore and nick pollock
1: hello and welcome to episode 681 of the sleeper and the bus it is wednesday april 30th it's actually tuesday april 30th got the date right got the day wrong but it's a fireside chat so of course i'm paul spore joined by mr nick pollock
2: what is happening let's do this i'm ready i'm not actually
1: but let's do it it's time it's time. Uh, yeah, we're rolling, too. We're keep, keep that wrong day in there. Keep my correction. I got I got it. It's going to be May. Um, yes. Yes. I, I love it. I don't care how cheesy it is. <laughs> I remember the first time I saw it on Twitter a few years ago, I howled with laughter. I thought it was the funniest thing ever The from the Justin Timberlake, if you guys don't know. um, Because if you listen to that song, he said, it's going to be May. Yeah, that's it. And just the Definitely. way he says me. And I know. That you open the show with it today, because I, I listened did. to your show this morning. I my do it
2: every single year.
1: You should. it should. I just post it to
2: my friends and thank you no, for it's listening. it's good.
1: It's good. <laughs> um, and we we were listening to the song the other day on stream, and I was like, "Oh, guys, we're so close to being able to play this song and and it be correct." But we have more pressing matters than Justin Timberlake memes. Yes, we do. We, we got to talk some rankings. Rankings. And for those of you that are my loyal Fangraphs readers, uh, you're gonna have an update on the site, either today, the 30th, or tomorrow, the 1st. I think I'll just unveil it tomorrow on the 1st. I might as well just do that. But I did make a major update because Nick went through, pulled all the data, and he's like, hey, here's our differences, but I don't think you would agree with these. I was like, you're right. So let me let me, let me me do a re-rank. So had an action-packed morning, including a strong re-rank here. So we've got a lot of stuff. So you can't really follow along with my rankings on the website right now, unless, if you're listening to this, on the 30th. But May 1st going forward, you can you can go to picturelist.com though, uh, slash – well, no, it, actually it's a whole big slash the list. for <laughs> It's on the sidebar. You can just click yeah, the Yeah, yeah, it's there. on the sidebar. You can just click uh, weekly rankings, and it will be at the top there. But it is uh, – every week Nick updates his rankings, and so we're going to compare here. First caveat right off the top, he really focuses more on 12-team. I focus more on the 15-team realm. That does create some differences. But there's still a lot of good discussion points here to talk about certain guys because there's a lot of things that carry over. Second caveat or more of just something that's even a talking point is that, Nick, the pitching landscape is terrible this year. It's
2: horrible. What do we do?
1: That has affected a lot of things. and We were lamenting something off air that our boy – we have many boys, by the way. (laughs) We have have Luis Castillo. We have Jamison Tyon, whom we'll talk about. But another guy that we we both love and uh, you definitely played a role in – fostering my love is clev dog mike clevenger he'd be seven on our rankings yes right he, now, would. Dude. he would i mean assuming he's just pitching the way he was in those first couple of starts he'd be seven it, it's and so it ridiculous
2: out. uh it hurts so much he, he was just cruising the beginning of the year and uh it's just he was taken too too soon he would have gone his pedestal that he deserves
1: yep he really yeah, would have been really that showcase so it is very frustrating there but let's Let's dive into it. Let's talk about a couple of guys at the top here where we do have some disputes and just kind of get into it. Not everything is like an argument of, oh, I hate this guy and you love this guy. It's more kind of figuring out where we're at with everything, and especially with these first two guys because it is one of our aforementioned sons, Jameson Tyon. Yeah. We do have a little bit of a split on, uh, which may surprise some folks. Now, I moved him down a little bit. I didn't move him in the April ranking. I did have to shift him down a few spots here. I got him down to 17, but you have him at 25, which did surprise me. I understand that he's certainly not performing at the level that we would hope, particularly with the strikeouts. But we are still seeing the swinging strike rate at a career-high 13%. The walk rate's down yet again. The slide piece does appear to be getting used quite a bit, even if it's not generating quite uh, the results. I'm still fully in on Tyone and looking to buy. Where I can. There have been some frustrating outings, a 50% left on base rate. Part of that, uh, his bullpen doing some damage there. And then part of it, his own, of course. So, Jameson Tyne, you have it at 25. Again, not that you hate him, but I thought maybe he'd still be top 20 for you at this point just because of some solid foundation that suggests that he could have a good May on.
2: Yeah, it's. I didn't. Okay, I want that 25 ranking to be said that it's not that I hate James Entire right now. You mentioned his left on base rate. It's actually a little bit under 50%. I know you rounded up, mm-hmm. uh, but it's I never, I've never seen that. It's the lowest in the majors of everyone that's pitched over 20 innings bananas it's ridiculous that's that's just stupid we laugh at when it's like 62 percent like oh yeah no no that's oh his ground ball rate is
1: higher than his left on <laughs> base rate i can't think of another scenario where no, that's no, no i've never
2: seen that either it's ridiculous uh and you do make a great point that his 12.5 percent swing strike rate doesn't really speak to that 19 k rate that we're seeing right now if you remember it's about 2 to 2.5 times so that would hint at around the 25 strikeout rate uh, here's a couple things. I mean, one, it is it is a little disconcerting still. Even, as I just said, 19% strikeout rate. It's never been above five strikeouts in six games this year. He did have that rain out when he was cruising against the Giants. That was really frustrating, but it's only three Ks through five. Maybe you give him another inning or so. Maybe that does get to five or so. But it wasn't like he was carving up batters in that way. And the main reason that I actually have him lower than other guys, I mean, outside of the fact like David Price and Strasburg and Glausner are looking really good right now. Same with Zach Granke. I didn't really... Feel that they should get a negative hit with Jameson Jameson Tyone going above them. That didn't seem right to me, but the fact that his curveball isn't really doing what it's supposed to—it's a 9.5% swing strike rate right now—and that's when when I loved Jameson Tyone, I thought of this as okay, finally he has the pitch, the slider that can take over for this curveball.
0: Mm-hmm. This
2: curveball had to be a, a zone pitch or just getting some strikes or just quick outs, and now we can just focus. You know what? You know, I had a 35% zone rate last year, and maybe that can go down to 30%. It can be under the zone a ton and get those whiffs going. It was only 14% swinging strike rate last year. I was really hoping to see that go to 16, maybe, because he can just focus at it underneath the zone. And to see them actually throw, have to throw more strikes with it. And that slider really isn't that big loopy one that's really going to... Become a twenty percent swing strike rate pitch. It's at sixteen percent right now, but it's at a fifty-six percent zone rate, forty-seven percent O swing money pitch. I get it, but it's not that put away offering. And I really wanted to see that curveball take that shape as opposed to just a strike getter. Seeing it as a strike getter kind of makes me think, oh, I don't, I don't really know if he's going to ever be that strikeout guy, and that makes me a little concerned moving forward, especially when I said the top twenty or yeah, even top twenty-three are all kind of cruising. So I, I I didn't really see it right for me to raise Tyon above them.
1: Okay. I mean, I, I again, I don't think that's unfair. I'm certainly betting on the come here. But I do like that so much has gone wrong yes. with Jamison Tyon, and he has a 406-113 ERA whip combo. So despite everything really not quite working out, um, the results haven't killed you in any way, shape, or form. You know, he's only one in three. You'd like to get some dubs. But... I'm holding firm. And at 25, obviously, you're not cutting him, you're not moving him or anything like that. Uh, Maybe you're just not as bullish. I understand that maybe he isn't necessarily going to become that big strikeout guy. I remember there was a comp that I always leaned on when he he was coming up and in these last couple years of a guy who's still around but no longer at his peak. Do Do you know who that might be of a former NL guy who just was always a really strong workhorse but never really could push those strikeouts despite having some good stuff?
2: I, I know, don't know who you're thinking of, now. Jordan Zimmerman. Oh, that's not fun.
1: Well, <laughs> I, understand. I understand. You're <laughs> talking about like, back really, 2013. Yes, I, yeah, I understand. Yeah, a peak, peak Jordan Zimmerman. and But now with the development of the slider and giving him some swinging strike rate for Tyone, 11% last year, 13% this year, I'm thinking he can beat that ceiling. Right. I'm hoping. But we'll see because right now the strikeouts have not matched the swinging strike rate. So I'm holding firm. Like uh, again, I moved him down a few spots. I guess that sounds contradictory to say holding firm, but I moved him down. I had to. I had to give some guys some love to go above him. I had him at eleven. I don't know that you can make a fair justification to say eleven for Tyone, but he stays in the same tier for me, which is must start. You're not benching him anywhere. You'd be trying way too hard if you did that.
2: Well, I would say you don't feel any differently about Tyon. You just feel differently about others. It's all relative. Absolutely. That's, Absolutely. That's how this should be.
1: He got moved down because others uh, elevated above him. Let's talk quickly about David Price, and then we'll get into some of our sharper differences here. We do have a difference here, but I think it's going to be more in this Tyone realm, where I have him at 12, uh, up one spot, and then you have him at 22. Now, I've always uh, had you as a David Price guy, Mm -hmm. um, and again, I look and I see a lot of improvement on things that he did last year where the strikeout rate's up to a career-high 32% with a 14% swinging strike rate. He's been the bright spot in that abysmal Boston rotation. And so he's matching last year's ERA, 358 versus 360 this year. But the whip is down, and the indicators suggest that the ERA can get even better. So 22 feels a little light, um, especially when I look at, say, you know, as much as I love him, I feel like i got to go price above Wheeler right now. Um, price above Granky for me, although that one's pretty close. Who else? I mean, obviously I have them above a lot of these guys, but you know, the Barrios versus Price, I think that's more of a coin flip. But you got Price at twenty two, I got him at twelve. What are your What are your thoughts on him? By the way, one thing I will say, your tier starts at twelve, it goes twelve to twenty three, so we do have them in the same tier. Right. Uh, so that's where the difference isn't going to be that sharp. I just put him closer toward the top end because of the way he's pitching right now. You have Price toward the lower end. Talk to us about David Price.
2: Sure. So, I mean, specifically about Wheeler versus Price, if I could do the list now after last night's Wheeler performance, oh, that was so disappointing. I probably would put Price one above. I uh, that, that Wheeler game, oh, man, he was throwing 98 last week, and then all of a sudden it's 95. What is that? That is okay. Sorry, that's a complete tangent.
1: Uh, <laughs> the the difficulty of figuring out pitching, just I mean, uh, the, you know, they're humans. They back. they ebb and flow. He was
2: back. I thought he was. I know. Back. I
1: okay. know. I've I've been so giddy on on Wheeler, so I totally felt it. But let's get back to David right. Price.
2: Oh, uh, yeah, right. So David Price. Uh, I mean, okay. I see a three six ERA, and you're totally right that I actually have been on the higher end last year. I think entering the season, I'm like 17 mm-hmm. because I essentially expected him to just fully return after that injured 2017 season. And it wasn't disappointing in any way, and I am I kind of feel like it's more of the same. I see the swing strike rate go way up, which is really exciting. And that's his changeup really being a 22% uh, swing strike rate pitch this year. That That's fantastic. I'm not seeing enough out of his cutter and curveball, though. And yes, he is raising his, his changeup usage about six points this which year, which like. is really good. It's also, I think, startling how much he's getting whiffs on his sinker all of a sudden. That's a 9 to 10% whiff pitch all of a sudden. Or swing strike rate instead of the 6% it's been in the past. And it's those two pitches. But the thing is to me is that peak price is working in a, a cutter and a curveball as well effectively. And those have been kind of mediocre so far. Those really haven't been the, the stud pitches that we've seen in the past. The, the cutter has had success but it's not really that great. And it's really just hinging on this uh, sinker changeup combination. I don't know if I fully buy that as much as I do the other guy. Like Jose Barrios, I think even it was really startling to see that him not have his curveball, but actually his changeup was good enough to get through a start. That, yeah. to me, is something. That's really huge. What Luis Castillo has done. Ridiculous. I <sighs> uh, you know I'm James Luis Paxton Castillo. is above. And I know you have James Paxton, I think, top 10 now, which I think is very fascinating. And I don't hate it at all. Um, it's just a question of like Syndergaard and Salem Bueller. Okay, how many innings do we expect at Paxton? And then how long do we expect those guys to falter? And it's just a massive shrug to me. So I just I think didn't we'll, do anything.
1: <laughs> yeah, one of the things that I've really embraced uh, the last two, you know, this year and last year is they're not really rest of season rankings mm-hmm. because we are going to change them so much. So even calling them that, right, is, is, is worthless. So they really are four to six week rankings. And so for right now, I'm like yeah, Paxton is over a, a Thor, somebody I loved coming into the season and and Bueller and Nola and some of those guys. So he may not last all year for Paxton. In fact, the safe bet says do not peg him for more than say 160 innings, but I don't need to worry about that. Right
2: yeah, that, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I like that. At four to six, I think that's a good way of framing it. What I've traditionally done is saying, if I am drafting today, mm-hmm. this is my list. And that could be rest of season, but you could also say, like, well, it is could be six weeks or so because things are going to be changing by then, and I expect adaptations during the year as well. So that's good. I like that. Uh, but yeah, with again, with Price, I like him. I think I'd be very happy if I drafted him as my SP2 even. Uh, I think he, some people could have even gotten him as an SP3, which is great. Yeah. And he's in that tier, as you mentioned, in tier three for me, so he could keep rising if he... I mean, if I see more of that cutter and, change, uh, and curveball as that changeup continues, and he still gets whips on that sinker, that would be phenomenal. He would just keep climbing up.
1: Yeah, if the swinging strike rate holds, Price could really be on his way to uh, a big season and maybe even find himself into some AL Cy Young contention because it's kind of a wide open field right now. you got the two Houston guys, uh, but then Sales obviously had his issues. Uh, the two Bauer. Cleveland guys. Bauer is absolutely right there. Uh, I think Bauer might be the front runner right now, He and then Snell. But it's it's a wide open field is the, is the bottom line there. And if Price plays at this level uh, or gets better... He can maybe sneak himself in there. Definitely. All right. Now let's get to some of our bigger differences where we're really uh, several ranks apart here. And, right. Uh, it's in that mid-tier where things really open up anyway. So we are going to say, you know, I don't really like this guy. I really do like this guy. So we'll start with the, some of the guys that you favor. Max Fried. Yeah, is a guy that, uh, you know, even as I was adjusting my rankings, I think you started with him. We had a big difference and it didn't really change, even though I did move him up a little bit. We're still 31 spots off. I got him 73rd. You have him 42. I don't know what I'm missing. I think one of the things for me that surprises me that you have him so high is that you do have that that more of a 12 team focus. And he seems so bland to me where sure,
2: yeah.
1: there are no – you know, it doesn't seem like strikeouts are coming. He's been fantastic with the results so far. But talk to me a bit about Max Fried and maybe see if I can change my tune because I'm not seeing so much right now. He's a two-pitch guy who doesn't miss bats, and I don't think a 267 babbitt's going to sustain. I think it needs to if he's going to have this kind of success. I do love the walk improvement though, but talk to me about Max Fried, please. Well, what if I told you he wasn't a two-pitch guy? I'd be intrigued.
2: Well, he threw 14% sliders in his last game uh, against the Rockies, with, and the pitch has a 17% swing and strike rate this year with a 52% zone rate as well. Uh, the thing what I see with, with Max Fried, as I talked about this before, is uh, I see three tiers of fastball command. One being studly, you can put it wherever you want. Three mm-hmm. being, I don't know where it's going every single time. And then you have this middle ground of you can, for the most part, do what you want to do. But if you miss, it's not going to be so bad, and you're not going to make a ton of mistakes with it. You
1: have margin for error, right? Uh, if, that is, if you're not a lead.
2: And so, so that is Max Freed. If anything, he's really like a 1.5. And you should say, Nick, why don't you just make us five tiers? I don't care. I'm going to say 1.5. <laughs>
1: no, I, I like it. I like it. No, no, You kind of no. have the one, two, three, and then and then work in some gray areas. Yeah, there. Sure. Cool with
2: no, that. I, I'm just messing around. Uh, 94 mile per hour uh, fastball from the left side. I think Max Freed, with that heater, and he goes up a lot with it, really does set up the curveball effectively. And I, I've watched a good amount of his starts thus far. I don't think the the soft and hard contact that I'm seeing – uh, 14% soft, 33% hard. Uh, uh not, I believe that's baseball info solutions, isn't really indicative of how he's actually working batters really effectively. Uh, I really like his approach, and you're totally right. He is a bit bland, but he's kind of in this gray area of this. I think he's a ratio focused guy. I see 230 ERA. I don't buy that, but I think sure. he's about a 25 or so ERA pitcher. When I think his strikeouts should probably be around 22, 23%. And that's something to be said about with a really good WHIP as well. I think he's going to be in that rotation pretty much like the entire year, uh, for for the Braves. Obviously, there is some innings concerns. It's about 110 or so last year thrown for the Braves, so maybe that goes up to 160. But you're talking four to six weeks. I don't really care about it at this moment. And with Freed, I think he's just a guy you should be starting out there until we find anything else saying no. I mean, even that last game, yes, he allowed two home runs and four runs, but he still had eight strikeouts and introduced eight, that slider some more. Yeah,
1: eight strikeouts. That's an interesting point on the... Uh, uh, with regards to the slider there for Max Fried. I think that that's something that is, is a bit eye-opening. I do like the velo from the left side, and I, I watched him on the Sunday night start against Cleveland um, back on the 21st mm-hmm. when he went toe-to-toe with Bieber, and, and he did look sharp, and I did like to see the curveball. Um, maybe I'll I'm just going too much of the lack of, of swing and miss right now. But if if that slide piece gives them a little bit of a, a something, then then we could be at something here where it's like a 350-115 ERA whip, which would be strong that even sounds, without strikeouts. Right to me. Yeah. So, so if, okay.
2: It's like a 22-23. I mean, it's I, I totally understand not being high on Freed. This is, if like, obviously the could go there, south. Though. Well, right, Maybe but that's an if. Th- that's yeah. an if. I don't really know. I uh, I mean, the thing is, you know, I'm looking at this now. There's so many ifs. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, it's just, you know what? Freed's done 26. well.
1: I'm going to go with it. Right. The ifs start yeah. <laughs> so early. Absolutely nuts. All right. Well. What do you got? Maybe a guard out. rail to guard railing. Oh, we're going to go back and forth? Yeah, why not? That sounds okay. funny. No, I like that. I like that. I like that. Um. All right. Well, let's talk about one of my Pittsburgh guys here that mm. apparently I, I like to overrate here. I'm still pretty <laughs> high on uh, on Jordan Lyles. Now, he did come with a rough one off the hand injury, and I think he goes tonight. So I'm going to monitor that for sure, and we're going to see if it's something that's a, a long-term situation. I'm more inclined to believe that it was, you know, bouncing back from the, the hand and, and not quite being ready to go. So I'm not that worried about that one. I'm, I'm more or less throwing it out. But it was a bad start. And we'll acknowledge it. But I like what I saw in the two previous starts, the one at the Cubs and the one against the Giants there. The curveball usage from the start of uh, from last year, when he amped it up to 29%, has carried over. It's at 29% again this year, and it's really put less weight on his fastball, which is not uh, particularly strong for Jordan Lyles. But I like seeing this strikeout rate. The one thing with the strikeout rate is that it isn't fully backed by the swinging strike rate. The swinging strike rate. Ugh. Swinging strike rate is down at, at just 8.6. Even if you round that up to nine, you're not uh, you're not feeling all warm and fuzzy about it. So 25% strikeout rate with that, you start to say, hmm, can that sustain? My my hope or bet here is that the curveball can help sustain it. And of course, the 90% left on base rate is going to go back. But I guess I've got Jordan Lyles in. Maybe he's my Max Freed. We're sure. obviously seeing that, that he can uh, kind of keep this up at his current level. He's a three-pitch guy, fastball, curveball, changeup. And, yeah, he's not going to be 25%, but if he's 22% with good ratios in Pittsburgh, I'll take it. I like the home part, too. That's a big part of this. Cole Tucker coming up, um, not that he's a huge ground ball guy, but that's just another good piece on the infield. When they're healthy, which they currently aren't, so I have to acknowledge that. Their outfield defense can be really strong with Polanco, Marte, and Dickerson. But I do th- think that um, Marte for sure is down, but I think two thirds of that is that, yeah, Dickerson's down as well. So right now it's uh, Gregory Polanco, Melky Cabrera. Of course. And somebody named Jason Martin. So, you know. <laughs> Perhaps I need to reassess that aspect of it. But I like Lyles, and I do tend to, um, you know, going back to the tie-on thing and uh, an Archer discussion offline, maybe I favor a little bit on, on the Pittsburgh home park. It's obviously a great park, but uh, maybe I'm overdoing it. But I do like Jordan Lyles, and I think he's got some, some viability here to, like I said, be my Max Freed, perhaps.
2: No, I, I think that's a, that's a good comp there in the fact that, well, okay, Jordan Lyles, as far as CSW goes, called strikes plus whiffs, he's been bad. Uh, I the only good one really was that one start against the Cubs. the Cubs yeah, and that was really when his curveball was doing a lot of good things and also his changeup was good in that start too but against the Diamondbacks and the Giants two offenses that you should not be scared of whatsoever yeah uh, he was not sharp I understand the hand stuff if you want to throw that out I, I get that argument I uh, but the fact to me is that the changeup it comes in and out it has a 15% swing strike rate this year fine but I think that's more of just one or two starts than just being an even keel thing. Uh, I don't know if I just said even keel correctly, but that's okay. Uh, but uh, but the fact that his I don't know his fastball is fine. It's good. It's it's not. There's nothing here that's really saying oh okay I get this. I understand what he's doing. Why this is working. And the fact that he wasn't really able to take over the Giants or or backs it doesn't speak a lot of faith for me. Uh, that, that's just why I'm not in on it. I would like to be back in. I would love to just watch a Star Wars curveball dominates, and, and I say, okay, fine, I totally get this. But the fact that it was 26% uh, CSW against the Giants, and I mean, a quick maths here, but 19 over 81 is is essentially 24, I think. 24% mm-hmm. and if you want to aim for 30% that's like your baseline of good and yeah the, you want about 30 plus that. It, it's not the end all be all it is not you can obviously do well without that stuff it's just it's not helping the case for me to be won over by Jordan Miles but we'll see I mean the hand thing could be a good thing and this could just be a little run and you can I fine.
1: will uh I will acknowledge that even before this convo it, my rank tonight could easily change based on the start against Texas. First off, they're a sharp offense, so if he performs well, I'll, I'll just kind of leave him as is. Sure. If he gets walloped, I am inclined to move him down, though, because he's, you know he's, he was always living on the wire. I ranked him really high last time saying, like, ride it right now, like, you know, almost like a Vargas plus rule, which if you don't know the yeah, Vargas but- rule, years ago when he was a total trash bag and he came out and he had like seven, eight good starts, he was working the change up fastballs up and in and it was like, what's going on? I guess you have to start Jason Vargas right now. So I say Vargas plus because I feel like I didn't run away after the one bad start with Lyles. But if he flops here against a solid Texas op- opponent. I am going to peel back. And so you could see right. the ranking drop down to, say, 70, 75 range. So just keep that in mind, folks. When you, it is 56 right now, if he, if he isn't good tonight, Lyles will be lower on tomorrow's uh, ranking that's released. And
2: vice versa, I'll raise Lyles if he looks good.
1: Yeah, yeah against I mean, the tough Texas. Not,
2: right, he's at 87 just because I'm like, you know what? I'd rather stream, say, Wade Miley right now or maybe roll with Chris Bassett. So I'm Un- Understood I, on both
1: those, by the way. Those are so, not unappealing names, believe it or not
2: right i mean that's so it's so that's the thing so it's like they're just they're actually a ton of names where i'm just like oh right, i need to include him i need to include him but i don't love any of them yeah but like yeah all right you're 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 around uh so yeah jordan lyles
1: could jump up for me as well all right let's move on to this and this is the one where i'm like i get maybe i'm just guardrail to guardrail
2: well i know i understand i get it
1: already i'm so angry though i know and he's so freaking frustrating well okay but- there's there it's so Re- let's, let's tell people who it is. It's Reynaldo yeah, Lopez, is- <laughs> which I never really thought I'm. I you know at any point I, I shouldn't say I never thought I, I like I couldn't fathom that he would be bad, but I didn't necessarily think that on April thirtieth I'd be on a side where I was the negative guy on him because I came in pretty hot on on Reynaldo Lopez. I had him ranked uh, pretty highly. I think around you have him sixty two. I have him eighty eight. Just so people know where we have Reynaldo Lopez. I was in that sixties range, and I was like, yo, I'm I'm in. Uh, I, I think he can build on. Pardon me, some of the stuff that he did last year. I'm really excited about him, and then he just You're obliterated so <laughs> like he was so bad for uh, obliterated fantasy teams. I mean, like he 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 ruined fantasy teams for his first three starts. He beasted on my Tigers. Um, good, you got to handle the schedule that's in front of you. I'm not going to take that away from him because he's in that division. He's going to face the AL Central regular. Now, he does have two of his starts against the Royals and Tigers out of the way, though. You only get so many. And so he does have 12 innings with 22 strikeouts against the Tigers in his last two starts, which is starting to curry some favor. A solid start against KC before that. So it's three terrible, three excellent for Reynaldo lopez what can we expect going forward that might make me want to move him up and, and and buy back into a guy that I did come in trying to give some love to?
2: So, all right. The thing about Renato Lopez is he's going to frustrate you. This even happened last year. It was nuts. just seven zero and runs, and then next one, it's five and runs. And this is just the life of Renato Lopez.
1: And Carlos Redon, by the way. Sure, we're not going mean, to talk about Rodon, but uh, you know, he got blitzed by the Tigers and just when everyone was starting to trust him, too. So, yeah, they 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 share that there, but anyway, right. continue about Ronaldo Lopez. He's the so, he's the-
2: so Ronaldo. I mean, a guy goes 15 14 strikeouts after two good starts prior. I have to bump him a good amount, like, that's just that's just what the
1: rules are. I, but wait, he, why, why is that the rule, though? Because it was against a god-awful team.
2: Not everyone did 14 strikeouts against a god-awful team. No, I understand
1: <laughs> that, but it already happened.
2: Well, understood, but it's like a suggestion that he figure things out. And look, this was a 44 over 105 CSW. And the main thing I do that's, say about Ronaldo awesome. hold on, is, I mean, that's a ridiculous 44 over 105. That's like, that's elite. That's one of the highest we've seen in the entire season yeah, that's, from any pitcher.
1: say
2: the, the thing about Ronaldo is that he actually always has a good fastball. That's always there. That's, That's, a right. really That's why good I put pitch. Oh, right. It's, it's, it's the secondary stuff. And the slider and changeup both working. He's had nights when most of the time it's the slider working and the changeup not. But in this one, here 10 strikes out of 16 changeups. And every single one but one inside the zone. Actually, I think all 10 for 10 inside the zone ended as strikes in one way or another. It was a swing and miss. It was a foul ball. It was an out. Uh, or called strike all of them so that's encouraging to me to say hey all right his secondary stuff is working now we've seen that before and it's gone away i have him at 62 i don't have him at 40 yeah if I'm obsessed yeah, with it right but i have to acknowledge i mean this is kind of when you get to the 60s is really when you're debating waiver wire stuff and i'm gonna say yeah i want to i want to make sure i own ronaldo and see where this takes me because if a guy lost him
1: this week though
2: I know that's that's annoying, this is, this but the is a thing, here's the thing. But here's the thing: if he if he excels at that, or at least survives that, yeah, he will not be sixty-two. He will he would be higher than that, and well, he will then not he gets be available for the week people. after.
1: Yes, and so you're jumping on board now on Reynaldo to get him cheaper, and then you gotta kind of see what's up with him against Boston. If maybe you reserve him or whatever, or even go with it and just take a shot. But yeah, because if he does well this week, then comes Sunday. For for uh, leagues that do weekly moves, Reynolds Lopez is going to be the hot thing. He's going to be atop the free agent market, and he's going to go super high price. So I get it. I get it from that angle. I just yeah, I know these I know. blow ups though, man. They just <laughs> they kill they, you. They kill you. They like they absolutely do, and and you need. Like even the three starts has not erased any of the ugly yet. I know he Is still has nuts? a 6.03 ERA and he has three <laughs> brilliant starts. He has 18 innings right now, Reynaldo Lopez. His last 18 innings, he's allowed three earned. That's a 150 ERA in a six start sample, and he still has a 6.03. That yeah. tells you how bad those first three were. So, but those are the past.
0: Those are I know.
1: the past. You don't know. know. Maybe that's I know. gone now. I mean, well, but also maybe somebody picked him up after Tampa Bay. You know, he's out on the wire. You're like, I got to take a shot here, I guess. I'll, I'll, I'll use him. And they got all three of the good starts. You know, right. that happened. And so if that happened to you message us because that absolutely <laughs> could have happened because he could have been available after the Tampa Bay start because he had a two start week. I remember because I discussed it with Jeff Erickson of like, should we start him? I had, a, I still have him in a, in a couple weeks. It's like, well, I'm going to roll out with him. So I have gotten the three bounce back starts at least, but I bet there's somebody out there who picked him up for the two-start week, got two gems, saw that he was facing Detroit again, and has gotten all three gems without getting any of the heat from Reynaldo Lopez. And, and they would you, agree with 62. Sir, you, sir, are the worst because <laughs> you shouldn't be able to benefit. <laughs> or, ma'am, or man, ma'am. there could be a ma'am out there who um. has benefited. All right. So that's Reynaldo Lopez. Uh, I'll probably move him up. 40 spots back down 60 spots yeah, back up right. 20 that's, that's back gonna down 25 he's going to keep going. <laughs> uh this one will be a quick one here because well maybe not cuz I want to hear what you what you wrote about him. But um I said that the last guy could be my max favorite. I don't think he would necessarily be, but it's another pirate. I guess I do love the pirates. It's not even that though. I don't love Trevor Williams. But what at some point man, like I what know. are we doing? Well, like okay. I think for well, me here we go. Yeah, yeah. Go. For me real quick. For me He's in the usually start tier, and he's he's darn near the bottom of it. He's at uh, 57 right now, and, and that tier runs until 63. So it's a usually start. I could make a case to put him in the must-start tier, which would make him a top 39 pitcher. Because when are you taking – like even if it's Vargas' rule, he hasn't Vargas ruled himself yet. He continues – to beast out. Now you wrote a, an uh, an, expose. <laughs> no, an expose, a big, a big breakdown on Trevor Williams. The skills are not impressive. Like there's not a lot to. love. I guess his last start would have been his his Vargas rule. but well, it's a Vargas
2: uh, rule plus. That's what I was gonna say. It's yeah. It's so term. so, so if he does a second, up,
1: right? Yeah, but he still had six strikeouts and just one. Like th- that's funny that that was his uh, tied for his highest strikeout total of the year. But anyway, talk to us about Trevor Williams. This is going back to last year. I mean, the the results are insane, but the skills tell us to be very, very worried. Um, he is dead matching, like a hundred, like hits per nine, batting average allowed, and BABIP are all the exact same. And I know that they're kind of interconnected, but for them to be dead even yeah, it's is kind of wild. That's uh, from last year to this year for Trevor Williams. So go ahead, you did the big write up it took you some extra time because you were finding so much
2: crazy. it was, well, it was annoying you know you know this you're writing an article oh, like, I'm pretty there. sure I know I'm gonna say and then you're yep. like
1: you're right about 80% of it and you go oh, oh man all right <laughs> I had a piece like that about somebody last year. His name was – what was it? Oh, Trevor Williams. Yeah, right? I did the exact same thing last year when I wrote him up, and it took me like four extra hours because I was like, this is insane. I had to keep going. So what did you find? So
2: the main thing was I, I, I broke it down. I was like, okay, let's talk about how do you succeed as a pitcher. Either you strike everybody out, you induce the worst contact, or you pray to the lords above, and you get lucky. And I essentially was trying to make the case that he is getting incredibly lucky. But there was something I eventually found was he there were certain games when he would throw pitches right down the middle of the plate and the guys would just hit them into gloves. Mm-hmm. And there are other times when he actually earned his outs. He really he pitched great pitches on the edges and guys swung at and got it in and play, and those should have been outs. And I didn't really know how to feel about that. So then I looked closer and I noticed that most of the, the good outs were in a deeper counts uh, they oh. were when he was ahead in, in the count. While when he was throwing it down the middle and then he slapped, it was earlier in the count. So then I looked at his heat map for when, you know, where pitches were early in counts and when they were later. And I mean, it shouldn't surprise anybody. This is generally a, a, a rule, but I think it's, it was more exceptional for Williams, where it was just a massive blob for Williams, right in the middle for early encounters. And then as the a bat a, a lengthened, then it started widening it up a bit. So I, I think a lot of teams are being too patient with Trevor Williams. Yeah, that's, guess, that's, the that's thing.
1: Exactly what I was about to say. So why so, weren't they jumping on him?
2: Right. So the Nationals were jumping all over it, but then it was a one, f- uh, it was a 150 BABIP. That's what it was. Like okay, fine. There and outs too. You look at this is a gif. I mean, this took a long time to make these like cut gifs. It's like a minute and a half. <laughs> but if you yeah. sit through it, <laughs> if you sit through it, you see these are like smacked balls off the bat. Like each one looks like it's a home run, and it's not. But it, it's you know it gets a little bit crazy, and then you look at the Reds and you see this right along the edge, right at the glove, and of course those are outs, and that's jammed inside, and that's a he rolled over that one, etc. So I get it. I, I I get why Trevor Williams can be successful. Um, I think the the funniest part of this entire thing to me though was he had a quote saying. um, my ability to put the ball where I want to—that's elite. Even if the numbers don't show it, I trust in my ability to locate and get outs with it. And that's not right. I'm sorry, Trevor. <laughs> like you throw it down the middle and you miss with your glove a good, like a good amount. But I understand why you would think that having sure. a like,
1: 150 BABIP to a against I mean, this is a long-term situation right. at this
0: point.
2: But it's—I mean—the the question is, when does it stop? And uh, you know, we were saying before he—he he went against the Dodgers. He allowed 500 runs. True, sure, it was six strikeouts. We allowed 500 runs. We're not going to stop it now.
0: Mm-hmm. But
2: I kind of feel like the wheels are going to start coming off now. I'm going to keep starting him, and you know, the next start's not going to be good. And then you're going to really think to yourself, do I really want Trevor Williams? He's a double bubble in that way. He's going to lose his, his flavor, and you're going to wonder why you're still chewing on him. So uh, okay, I, that, think, that's that's gonna that's <laughs> I think it's going to happen sooner than I think it's going to happen sooner rather than later. Those are technically reserved for guys that like have like one hot star. You pick him up for that one start and then it's yeah. bad. But anyway, <clears throat> yeah, right. <laughs> it's John a means, means to an end.
1: It's uh, a means to the end of my fantasy season. I picked up that clown. I, it was just
2: four runs. It was just foreign runs and four innings. You're OK. I, I, You're right. I, I can't afford it.
1: I have that loser Thor on my team. Uh, um, yeah, that's bad. I want to point out that on this one specifically, 57 to 77 is not even really a difference. Right. <laughs> I know it seems like a difference. We included him because it's 20 spots. It's our fifth highest difference of me being more favorable. It's not. I mean, it's it's just not. In fact, now I'm looking at the list and we should have done somebody else. But I want I, you did all that work I wanted to be able to talk about. Um, oh, that's fine. I wanted who, to be able who, to talk about Trevor. Who's in. this someone else? We can do this. Quintana. Oh, that's an interesting one. Thirty-three yeah. to fifty-four. I may, I, I, I may be influenced by watching him his last two outings, but mm-hmm. I, I see White Sox Quintana right now. Well, okay, so keep keep talking about Quintana because. Uh, uh, well, okay, so you know I have at thirty-three, I'm at fifty-four, which also is is still not like a, an egregious difference. I just want to be clear on that, and that's not me to like trying to soft pedal everything and say like we don't we don't disagree on anything. I'm being real about where you know this is what I talk about with the glob and everything. It's 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 not the same tier I have Quintana and must start and then my 54th ranked pitcher is is in the usually start but it's not so stark that it's like I think Nick hates him but it is a sharp enough difference that we should probably talk about it. I think Quintana's must start right now I don't I don't I can't fathom a scenario where you could sit him uh with any confidence whatsoever mm-hmm. in virtually anything but maybe a one start at uh at Colorado if you had a, a really good Staff, But even that, I think you might have to roll with Um the walk rates back down. Strikeouts are back up. Like I said, I was watching him in the Dodgers and Arizona starts one at home, one on the road. And he really looked like the Quintana that we'd seen back with the White Sox where he's really working the edges. Now he's getting calls, too. But that's part of that's something that builds on itself that I don't know that we always give a lot of credit to. Part of it can be your pitcher framing. But when you're Quintana of last year and you're not pitching well. I feel like whether they uh, outwardly do it or just mentally, umpires aren't going to give you the call as much. That's why they say like veterans get calls that, that new guys don't cause you haven't earned that. Whether it's fair or not, it doesn't matter. We're just talking about right. what happens in real life. And I think last year he was probably not getting some of those calls this year. Quintana looking like quote unquote, Jose Quintana that we know is starting to get some of those calls. I'm still a little bit worried about the homers, but if they come with as solo shots, they're not as damaging as last year, and and when you're not walking as many guys with the uh, walk rate right down, three takes and the strikeout rate up, I'm pretty confident in what Quintana is doing. I got him as a must start right now, and again as a four to six week window, I'll reassess. But I can't see anywhere where you can where you can uh, stop him right now. And as far as the homers go, it's two outings, three at Milwaukee, which. I don't blame anybody for In fact, that's his worst outing of the year. It accounts for more than 50% of his earned runs. And then two against Arizona, which one really wasn't a bad pitch. Again, I watched that start. He only went five. He wasn't terrible. He obviously wasn't as good as he was the start before against the Dodgers, but he was fine. And so I kind of look at that one. as just like you're going to get a mediocre start every once in a while. But the three before that were brilliant from Quintana. So I got Mm -hmm. him as a must start.
2: Yeah, I get that. Uh, I'm not necessarily against Quintana. I'm not entirely convinced that his MO now is... You gotta go with him. As, like I have him at 54. What do you have him? 39 or something like that? 30, 33. 33. I'm not convinced that he's hinting top 30. Uh, essentially, what I've seen from Quintana... Uh, is that his sinker is going more on the edges and he's getting a little bit, uh, a couple more swings on it. Mm-hmm. Or at least that when they do swing, they are making contact and that's bad contact. Yes. It's actually, it's actually even a lower O swing this year, but it's a higher O contact, which is a good thing. Uh, you want to see high O contact uh, for a, for a sinker. He's,
1: and he's back on the ground too. A good Right.
2: Bit. Well, right. I mean, that doesn't surprise me in, at all. I've seen the higher O contact rate right on the sinker. I uh, now the curveball. I don't really trust that this is the curveball of old. He's not throwing it uh, in the zone as much. He is getting a little bit more uh, swing strikes on it. Same thing with the changeup, and he's elevating slightly more with the four seamer. All those things are good. I don't. I just. I honestly just don't trust the stuff to be this good through the year. Plus, I don't know if he can really pull this off through the year. I. I. I, I do believe a little bit that the starts against the Pirates and Marlins are are weighing things a little too strongly and get the same way that we are weighing heavily negligently on the Brewers. So maybe that does even out. I mean, that was and runs in three innings, but that's fine. Yeah. I mean, he got, he got <laughs> crushed, but right. But at the same time, he was so good against the Marlins and pirates. So fine. I'll, I'll concede that. Hey, you got the Dodgers. There's a neutral one or even better for him. He did well there. I'm, I'm all for you. You're definitely right about if you own Quintana, you should be starting him now.
1: That's what I'm saying. What I just don't know how you could sit him.
2: Right. Uh, four to six weeks. I would, I would not be surprised in three weeks. So essentially, four starts from now that we feel very differently about Quintana
1: We could, we certainly yeah. could.
2: But that's that's why that's what's holding me back. I, I, I would Some surprised. of the names
1: that surprised me is uh, Michaelis above him. Um, sure, Hendricks. We're gonna get into another one of the guys. I don't. So am gonna bring him up?
2: So let's go to Michaelis um, now. Then why not? Right.
1: It was Michaelis on our list.
2: Yes. Oh yeah, he it was. was. The, it was the fourth oh. one. Boom! Look at that transition.
1: transition. Incidental transition. So let's get on the segue <laughs> here and, and zoom on over to Miles Michaelis, a guy that I did have some love for. You know, even more so than Reynolds. I talked about Reynaldo having love for him moving off. I was in on Michaelis, and I was saying, you know, stop considering him a soft tosser just because he doesn't walk, guys. This guy maybe even has some strikeout upside that people aren't necessarily acknowledging. His velo isn't really down. 0. 0.6 is negligible, particularly in April. Like, you can get that back throughout the year for sure. Everything else is awful, though. And sure, a 2.1 homer per nine is probably not going to hold uh, with a 19. But the 19% homer to fly ball rate it's probably going to come down. But he has two three homer outings. And so that's been really damaging. On the one hand, you could say that's two three homer outings. He'll move on from that, and and that's not going to happen regularly. On the other hand, you're like, well, he's not getting any swings and misses now. Last year, the the 10% average, this year, seven. Right. Yeah, it's bad. And so, you know, he's not only not adding strikeouts, he's losing them. And so, do I think he's going to be a 529 all year? No, but I had to move him down, and I have to put him in a spot where people should consider. Not starting him with regular. I wouldn't cut him yet, but he's at he's near the uh, top of my spot start tier for shallow or leagues. So you're still reserving him because he's he he has a talent that could turn around. Michaelis is, but I am I'm cautious.
2: So I understand all of that. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. I'm gonna throw some things that might surprise you. I'm
1: I'm curious. I, Open.
2: Okay, so his batting average allowed on his four seamer is two seventeen. That's good. Strong. We'll take that. Yep. Yep.
1: He only has uh, batting, a lot of average this year, too. So it's
2: batting average allowed on his sinker, 220. Okay, cool.
1: That's, those that's primary pitches are holding up for Michaelis, is what you're
2: saying. Uh, so uh curveball, it's its zone rate 35.5%, way down from its 50.1 last year. But maybe that's maybe him trying to get more strikeouts with it. Nope, just kidding. 28% K rate last year, 17.5% with it this year. Something's a little bit off with of that at the same time. 143 batting average allowed. That's great. I'll take that. Slider. This was a 184 batting average allowed in 2018. 364 in 2019 for batting average allowed. This is where everything is going bad. It's a 14.4% swing strike rate. Last year, when it had a 24 P-Val, now it's a 10% swing strike rate. It It's a negative 4 P-Val. Zone rate is down 5 points. O-Swing is down about 9 points. That was the
1: pitch I thought would this propel is the thing him by that's, the way. Right. Well, that's the or thing. That this
2: would zoom him up. And that would make him become more of a strikeout guy, is this pitch. And it's faltering. So, I mean, I could hear both arguments at this point. Either A, oh, the slider's gone. We're out completely. Mm -hmm. To me, I I guess for whatever reason, I think, oh, it was such a good pitch before. And it's been so bad. Great. He's going to fix that. Everything else is doing just fine. Things are going to be much better. And I, I I understand both sides of this. For whatever reason, I'm, I'm favoring the latter at this moment, considering it's six starts in the year mm-hmm. and that we've had this full 32-start season. I know is luck-based a lot last season, and there is still luck involved, as you mentioned, the 243 Babbitt, 100%. At the same time, I see the 2 plus homer per 9, and I see this really bad slider, and I think, oh, well, he's not that far away as you would think with this terrible cataclysmic start to the
1: year. I would agree with so, that part, that he's not that far. Michaelis Michaelis is not because you look at a 529 ERA 124 whip. I always talk about the ERA whip combo. Which one looks off right now? Maybe we should say the ERA looks a little bit off and that the whip is saying, hmm, maybe not so bad. One thing I will say as a positive, he hasn't really gotten uh, unmercifully crushed in any of his starts. Now, his first outing was five and five with the three home runs at Milwaukee that's at Milwaukee though I mean I think he did the exact same thing to open his career last year, or not career but his his return to the states yeah that counts as uh, his career <laughs> uh, but you know it's a new man um then you got five and three six and three five and three eight and two five and four like there's no Steven Matz outing on there there's no Jose Quintana um, right against Milwaukee outing on there so that's a favorable thing. The two, three homer outings, though, did come against division opponents. So that's a little bit concerning. In fact, all of his homers, all eight of them have come against division opponents. So there's like a there's a yin and yang here. Like I said, I am not cutting Miles Michaelis. If you see him tomorrow and I'll probably do some more shuffling, but he's at 72 right now. The highest I could see him moving up is to like 65. So just pre-wiring everyone. He's still going to be in the spot start tier. I get that. Um I'm not saying cut because I agree with a lot of what you're saying. You did enlighten me on the average stuff, though the batting average stuff off of his pitches. That's particularly intriguing because I agree. I think we're talking a click or two away. Right. Are you at a spot where you might go buy Michaelis? He's going to be I free, kinda, dude. I kind of would. Well,
2: right. I I mean, again, I, I present it as two arguments. Sure. Because. Because it's really, it's a very convincing one saying, "Oh, his slider's done, yeah. or it's bad." And if that's the bad, I mean, that that yeah. explains also the fact that he's not getting lit up because his fastball is still effective, and so is his curveball. Exactly. It's
1: just he needs he needs that big slider. Sliders, you know, really what good sliders, do everything and gets you into set of an innings every time too. Because a lot of those were five inning. He has four five inning starts for Mike Rice, right. and he just you know he just can't do so much with that fastball it's good but it's like they're gonna just be sitting out eventually just get
2: hits and that's gonna happen exactly so is he gonna get that slider back I don't know I at the same time I'm thinking in my head okay DeGrom's gonna get a slider back Thor's gonna get a slider back Wheeler's gonna, gonna to get a up. slider no. back
1: you know I mean, I, maybe it's just the Mets here's and an interesting they'll figure thing it out, but I, I mentioned how it's gonna heat up and this is just like a perception thing I'm sure that that everyone deals with based on where they live I'm sitting here thinking, like, it's already heated up because it's hot here. We are at the pool on Saturday. And then I put out this picture about how we're at the pool, and I get, like, 20 pics of people in (laughs) snow. My cousin sends me a video. She's like, do you know what that is? Do you know what that crap is falling from the sky? It's snow. (laughs) Don't post your pool pic like she was railing me on Snapchat. So it's like, yeah, the rest of the country, the Northeast and the Midwest does still have to heat up, and that is going to change things. Obviously, the ball can fly more. The hitters are going to get a benefit too. But I do think a lot of pitchers – are going to get a uh, you know get a benefit. They're going to get a better feel for stuff. Uh, what was the quote from Thor about? Every time he gets a new ball, it feels like ice an ice cube right now. Yeah. He has no feel for stuff. So I think you may have swayed me. You've certainly swayed me to move him up at least five six spots right now. Just just on that alone uh, with Michaelis. But now I'm thinking, is he an interesting buy low because you can seriously do it. No one's going to charge. Yeah, be I'm, I,
2: I'm in. Again, I mean, whenever I it's a discussion of buy low or sell high and stuff, it's all about what you get back. If, if Really, if you don't have to give – Anything you can just give like your fourth outfielder or something? I'm so in on that. I really don't think you're gonna, uh, except for unless you play in leagues with people who listen to this.
1: We ruined it, right?
2: (laughs) Uh, Exactly. So I'm curious. I really think that the Michaelis could step forward. Emra says, "Oh, it was just a bad April. Uh, You've sold
1: it, sir. You've absolutely sold me. That is, that is. Oh man, really? I expected to lose a lot today. So
2: no, no, that is really
1: uh, enlightening on the fastball stuff. I think that really encourages me. And like I said, it's a true buy low because it looks like dirt right now, and he is getting cut. I'm sure, I'm sure some of you in your ten and twelve teamers just go pick him up off the wire and stash Michaelis right now. But those of you that are in leagues that still have him, you can go buy him in a trade, and you're not going to pay a lot. And if he put up, if he put up a 2.80 ERA in six starts next month, who would be surprised?
2: Yeah, right. Exactly. He could do that. Of course,
1: he could. Okay, so Miles Michaelis, well done, sir. Very, very <laughs> well. Thank, very you. Well, so thank you. Now I'm ready to lose. But let, no, this. let's jump. Let's <laughs> jump. No, because you actually have. Uh, I don't no, know I'm the full around. argument, but I know your. I know your thesis on this gentleman, Stephen Mats. Um, and let me see what our our ranking difference is here. I have Mats at 49. You have him at 81. So we have a 32 spot difference. It's actually our biggest difference with me in favor. Uh, mm-hmm. Freed was the biggest difference with you in favor, by the way. So for me, Stephen Mats. Boy, was I frustrated with him after that disaster at, at Philly. And, you know, I, I, I could be petty enough to go look up these tweets, but I'm not going to. If the people who said, well, that's what you get for starting Steven Matz. Uh, he was great the three stars before and he's been great in the other two starts. Like, what do you mean starting? Like, he's a perfectly solid starter. I didn't understand that. Like, it's not like I used John Means. Uh, Like who would even do who would even start John? Oh, wait, I did. I started. Yeah, I did, too. (laughs) But uh, no. So he bounced back after that. And I know that all the stuff about how there were some errors that really went sideways or or, um, uh, some misplays that could have really gotten Matt's out of the inning. That's neither here nor there. Brutal start. The next two starts have been strong, though. And for me, I came in with some love for him. Now I am a little bit cold on the fact that his twenty four percent strikeout rate isn't well supported by swinging strike rate, but it wasn't last year either. It was twenty three percent with a nine percent rate. He's always kind of been a guy who overperforms his swinging strike rate. If you do the uh, if you do the kind of two two and a half x. In fact, he kind of is at the peak of that if you do the two to two and a half x of his swinging strike rate so that part is a little bit worrisome for steven mads but i don't see a lot here that would make me not start him at this point like all of his bad work so far this year is confined to that one start i so i moved him back up i got him back in the usually start tier there's a, a circumstance here and there where you might not start him a colorado a milwaukee or something like that but I don't know what, where I wouldn't start him, and so I was a little bit surprised to see him all the way down to 81, which is somebody that I'm that I'm regularly sitting. And I think it has something to do with stuff outside of his fastball. So talk to us about Stephen Matz and his arsenal.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't love his arsenal. I really don't. Um, the thing is, his best secondary pitch is a slider that he's said in multiple years that it's uh, that it hurts his elbow. Up. And so he doesn't throw it. He doesn't throw it nearly as much as you would want him to. It's a 6.5% rate this year. Fine. Steven, so what's his breaking ball?
1: Steven, you get yeah. the time anyway. Might as well just throw it.
2: Do you realize how bad or of a swing and miss pitch his curveball is?
1: V-bad. It's 3.3 I
2: say
1: swing it's 3% swing and strike.
2: so terrible. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, you know me. I just get, I love seeing like the worst so the pitches. Outline. It's really entertaining yeah. to me, you know? Uh, So without him throwing that slider And I kind of remember Entering this season I mean last year This is fun to me This is a really clear Mentality change For for Matt's He was having this bad year And he wasn't throwing his slider Mm -hmm. So finally I said You know what I'm going to throw my slider 15% of the time Instead of his 6% And he had this really nice run So then we're going Into the offseason Thinking okay Matt's is You know Matt's could actually Be a really good play now Because he had this Really nice run of the year He's throwing a slider more Etc and I'm, I'm, I don't am i know. I'm thinking no, because he's going to get hurt. Either you're going to get like good mats and he's going to get hurt, which is obviously limited value, mm-hmm. or he's going to be this middle round middle ground without his slider. Now here's the thing. He's been doing well, right? As I mean, you have him high uh, and I understand three, six, eight ERA, a one Oh nine whip. That's helpful. 24% carry. He should definitely be much higher than where I have him at 81. And I probably should. I probably should maybe like the mid seventies. I, w- I have nothing really against that. Maybe even higher than that. That's fine. But the thing is, I just don't like that curveball uh, is bad. The changeup is eleven percent swing strike rate. It's okay. I, th-
1: I, think, I think the changeup is what could kind of
2: it's, propel him it's a, a little bit. Well, it's a one forty three Babbitt thus far. Mm-hmm. Uh, and That's gonna hold it's, for it's sure, good. right? No, I'm just yeah, one hundred percent. So let's say, I mean, let's say it goes to last year's two sixty, which seems very reasonable. Sure. It's a two fifty average. It was a good pitch. That's fine. But I don't, I don't see a thing in his repertoire. I mean, the sinker is what's getting a ton of whiffs all of a sudden as he's throwing up in the zone. It's an 8% swing and strike rate. For a sinker, which is really high, that's the pitch that's really doing things for me. I don't really see anything suggesting that it's not going to be effective. 211 batting average allowed, 275 BABIP. He's only allowed one home run off of it thus far. Maybe that changes. But then against a 15% home run by five ball rate. And that's Okay. So I don't it, that that sinker is fine. I just don't like the fact that his secondary pitches are kind of meh and we can have a start like we saw against the Phillies. I understand that's an anomaly and it's not going to ever be that extreme sure. again. But I, th- it didn't shock me necessarily that Matt's could fall into that because he doesn't have much to lean on when things don't go well. And that that scares me innately. That makes it so it, it feels like every start is a coin flip. Uh, for Matts, and I don't really see that path to where all of a sudden he becomes a guy that I have to start every time. Okay, that's what that was my hesitation. But yeah, as I said, I can I can see myself raising him. Sure, it's a very fluid landscape.
1: Sure, I, I, again, I I will lean back on the landscape as part of my ranking with Matts too. It's just like I have a lot less confidence in so many other guys that my concerns about him. Uh, about Mats, don't don't rival that of like a a Carlos Rodon or um until maybe just a little bit ago a max freed but now I've uh, I've opened up on on that a bit um of course the Lyles and the Williams uh the Williams is of the world so yeah no I like I'm I got a 49 but the the usually start tier lingers down to 63 so
2: yeah, then we wouldn't be so far off. Yeah, say you I, moved I him to 75. What,
1: so like, maybe even 72. I could put him up. And, like I, and sure, I bring him closer right. to, say, 55. Yeah, well, that's
2: not so far off. We're,
1: we're, okay. we're, like, jumping to high five each other. The, yeah, there's some, there's some interesting stuff on, on <laughs> oh that course. secondary bit there. I didn't realize the curve was uh was doing nothing with swinging strikes so so yeah i'm still still starting steven mats uh and i have him in a lot of spots so maybe that's part of it too is is the bias of like well i'm riding it out so i'm gonna rank him high (laughs) but uh hopefully i'm not i'm not overly favoring somebody just because i have them I, I, i try to be realistic with what i've got going on here
2: oh i wouldn't necessarily say that's what you're doing i mean there's the reason you got him you know it's not a it's 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 chicken for the well I don't want to say chicken before the egg but
1: you understand yeah again, yeah I do you, you you liked him so we'll you brought, we'll, you got we'll him, see how how he continues though because the home runs have been high now three years running uh, this year included by the way and uh, that swinging strike rate's never been good so maybe I did overvalue Matts a little bit I'm I'm gonna keep an eye I'm gonna keep him where he is right now but I'm gonna keep a close eye on him for sure all right let's move on to J hap and I'm looking to be sold here. Because I went to the mat for J-Hap a decent bit with some of my Twitch viewers saying, like, why do you got him ranked? What's the deal with him? He sucks. And I was like, (laughs) I don't know, dude. He just keeps performing. And he's just, like, solid, steady Eddie. Um, Again, this is surprising to me that this is one of our differences because – uh, with you favoring 12 team, I feel like the bland old guy is somebody who maybe gets lost in the right. shuffle, particularly when they're <laughs> performing so horribly right now, which is sure. what Hap's doing. But I wonder, is this a Michaelis situation where there's something under the hood that has you intrigued, or what's going on? Because you still got him at 45, and uh, again, this is Michaelisian for me, where I'm not cutting him. I'm down at 59. He's a usually start. So our, our difference isn't as, like, egregious. I think we're kind of in the similar tier of where we're usually starting Hap. But I'm more on the mm-hmm. negative end. You're more on the higher end. So talk to me about Jay Hap and what we've seen this year, which hasn't been good.
2: Yeah, it has not been good uh, for Hap. He's obviously been susceptible to the long ball once yep. again. Uh, 193 homer per nine is just not cool What's Homer in well, every
1: start but the one in San Francisco, which is the easiest right? place which to is, not yeah, allow. There you go, right? Yeah.
2: <laughs> Uh, but, I mean, the thing is, honestly, with Hap, it's, uh, you're, you're totally right about me not necessarily always favoring the bland guys. I don't really see so much of a difference overall uh, than what we saw last year from him. He is getting a little bit worse at nailing that four-seamer up. He's not the 30% strikeout guy he was all of a sudden in, in April last year. It's down to 17 mm-hmm. now. But his last couple starts have been... Kind of more of the same, kind of what we expect going deeper into games, being more of that stable ratio, heavy guy with a touch of strikeouts, but then again, two against the Giants, he could have gotten longer. That was just such an easy one for him. He just coasted through it. Uh, It is against the Giants and Angels, these last two, but he actually looked good, I thought, against the Red Sox as well. And yeah, it's five and four strikeouts. I could see him inching back up as he really does focus more on those four seamers up again. I don't really see so much telling me say for those ridiculous homeward games that is saying, Hey, this is a much different guy. And when we're talking about all of these question marks, I kind of felt safe with Hap. So, uh, so he's, and where, where do I have him 45? Yeah, 45 45 yeah, I got I got him 59
1: like I said we're not
2: even like I was about to I was about to even say I was going to say 58 after Strowman there you go wouldn't even be ridiculous so th- that's you know I, I I I wouldn't be surprised if next week I'm doing the list and I see no reason to change it that's how I felt with Hap is that you could just have another good start and everything is just normal yeah and there he is he's
1: been kind of like I said a, a little bit of a a better Michaelist for me where I was like just hang on to him He's been frustrating. I actually this is a move up um, from my last ranking for him. He'd be at fifty nine now from seventy in the April ranking. Just just sit tight with him. I wouldn't cut Jay Happ in anything. Maybe a ten teamer you were you were cutting him in the throes of, of the awfulness. But as you mentioned, his last three starts now have been pretty strong. Three straight quality starts, including one against Boston. I know it's at LA and at San Francisco. He's playing the schedule, man, and and, and there's some get-right games. you got to like to see that. Let's see what he's got coming up on his slate for Jay Happ. He has Minnesota this weekend, which can be tough, especially for a home run guy, and then Seattle. These will be two good tests here. They're kind of the up-and-coming offenses this year, and they do both hit homers. If he comes out of that with, say, one homer combined, I would think that we could really say, like, okay, Happ's back, something like that. Right, no, exactly. So, all right, let's so. wrap it up. Our last guy here is Kevin Gosman. And uh, we have a sharp difference wherein I have him at 48. You have him at 67. So we have nearly a 20-spot difference. It is firmly in the glob, though. And uh, just to give an idea, of, at 48, you have Tyler Skaggs, Kenta Maeda, Miles Michaelis, John Gray. They're all around there. And at 67, where you have him, I have... Yanni Chirinos, Bruno Rodriguez, Max Freed. So the bottom line is it's a, it it probably isn't that different. This is one of those ones when you get in the glob where a 20 point difference feels stark, but it isn't. But I still wanted to talk about him anyway. Some of these guys yeah, these aren't aggressive differences, but they're worth talking about because particularly with Gosman, I think we talked about how um, Thor hasn't had the feel for stuff. Everything's an ice cube. I think for the first time ever Gaussman has feel for a splitter early in the season and he's riding it and that's what has my aggression perked up
2: well he did and then he didn't has he lost I mean the last the the last two starts haven't been so sharp no that 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 honestly well okay I wanted to believe I wanted to believe that Gaussman was there and the early in the season, I saw a lot of also specifically four seamers, not even, not just arm side, which he does a ton mm-hmm. anyway, but up too. And then also the splitters were not coming up. They were staying yes. down. You know me. I love heat up, uh, secondary stuff low and are slow low and heat up. And the splitters have been creas- increasing up and the heaters are coming down. Now you have just this, this I don't know, this Pollock in the middle. <laughs> That's me. And, and then that's not good. You don't want to see that. You want to see a separation of color. So I'm, I'm not loving it. Okay, I guess I'll say it like this. With Gaussman, it was nice early on. We, there was a lot of hope from me included that he figured this out and he came back from a DL new man and this is what he's going to be. And this was kind of a reminder of like, no, no, wait. He's still going to go through a lot of turmoil. It's going to be good one day. It's going to be bad another. It's just like every other guy with a splitter. They are going to have some good days. They're going to have some bad days, and we're just going to have to deal with it. And that forced me to lower Gaussman a good amount.
1: I still, I can't bench him anywhere, though. He goes to Miami and then to L.A. That's going to be a challenge, going to L.A. I
2: wouldn't say 67 to me is a bench, honestly. I'm looking at other guys. Like I'm not benching Arietta. I'm not benching Strom. I'm not benching Mike Miner. I'm not okay, benching I guess,
1: Frankie Montas. Yeah, you run like 75, 80-ish deep in a 12-teamer.
2: Yeah, I would say it's, it should be about eight per team, uh, so oh, including like six, reserves. Six to yeah, seven, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm yeah, thinking six to seven guys you want to start, yeah. and then yeah, yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, like so I said, it's, it's not plus. a
1: huge uh, disparity that we have here. I, I see the I see the two bumpy starts at Cincy and and home to Colorado, but I love that there were still 11 strikeouts in the ten and the third, and that's something that mm-hmm. you know y- you watch Gosman pitch and you're like, well, why doesn't this guy have more strikeouts? and he would then have a second-half run where he would invariably kind of try to make up for some of his second-half flop. But this year it's it's been there, and and there has been swing and miss throughout all of his starts. So that's what I really do like about Gosman. As you mentioned with the splitter guy, the splitter guys are susceptible to the home runs, and so I wonder if maybe all splitter guys, as much as we love the pitch, your Tanaka's, your Gosman's, I think Frankie Montas has been featuring one, Maybe need to go down because they're already a home run susceptible pitch. And in this environment, oh, yeah. maybe they need to be like 10 ranks lower than you would think just on the home run viability in general.
2: Yeah, they uh, the splitters are the most inconsistent pitch in baseball. And how dare you bribe me with Charlotte? That's not fair. Charlotte, what do you think? I'm just going to let you win everything. Charlotte, now. what do
1: you think? Say Nick. <laughs> be nice to my dad, please. I've actually
2: never, never heard Charlotte speak. So. She doesn't
1: speak a whole lot. If she hears a random noise and she's in the living room and I'm in the office, she'll bork and then run in here and jump in my lab. I'm like, you're so tough. You're really, you're really staying in the fight there. Um, well, if you guys didn't hear that, she said that Nick won. So that she was She did that say was you, great. Had, you had a big day. She said the Michaelis <laughs> thing was really uh, – was, oh, was a really big no. win there. But no, you're. I didn't mean to steamroll your point there on splitters. No, no. Already that, super inconsistent. Yeah. You add in a crazy home run environment and it's scary. It's scary no exa- so.
2: exactly 100 percent it's it's a good thing about gaussman this year he's having his highest uh, swing strike rate on his four yes. seamer so um, he is doing back. a really good job really good job of getting the inside corner to right handers consistently that's arm side a ton that's good you just gotta i i personally believe that eye level is a little bit more important than in and out and so he's got one half done in and out it's good just just man just throw the four seamer up and then split her down that's all you gotta do that's all you gotta do. All you gotta! That's it. It. It's that simple. That's it. It's so easy, Kevin. So simple. That simple,
1: <laughs> Kevin. Gosh,
2: oh man! But this was a this was a little bit fi- a touch fiery, a very little like a little, a little spark, fiery side maybe, chat, maybe even. You know, but
1: uh, it's been very enjoyable. What's the next one going to be? Uh, when is it, or what will it be? It, when it'll be? When? It'll be should next week. You have like week. a regular. No, 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 the fiery. Oh, and the next fiery. Uh, let's say like a, a a month. Let's um. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do like every four we do a. We fiery could do the next thirtieth, like which would be third. Oh, uh, actually, we, our, our normal is Friday, so we could do Friday the thirty first yeah. of May. Yeah, that's that's good. I like and that. And so that'll be the next rankings uh thing there. I'll I'll do my update during that week ready to post either on that Friday or on the third of, of June. But yeah, we'll definitely do that. And, uh, like I said, these rankings will go up tomorrow. The, the first May 1st, for those that uh, are listening to this, the day it releases, this was a good discussion. Hopefully you guys got some enlightenment on some of these players. It, it, It is a really brutal landscape right now. And, um, What's the check-in look like, Nick? How are your teams doing? Because I know you've been somebody who eschewed pitching this year, which may have worked because you avoided some bombs, but are you struggling to find the pitching off the wire now because streaming has been more difficult? So your strategy – well, highlight your strategy for those that don't know and then tell us how it's been going so far. Yeah,
2: so, I mean, my strategy for the most part was get Trevor Bauer if you can in the third round. If you can't do that, then uh, I actually aimed for Syndergaard at the end of the third or early fourth. That obviously didn't work out well, but fortunately I didn't have to get Syndergaard uh, for a lot. But it's uh, for for, a lot of these leagues. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Or they just didn't go to me or whatever. Uh, But there was a decent amount of Tyone getting involved, uh, a decent amount of of your Joe Musker, but also you Darvish. Mm Uh, I would, I mean, for my, for most of my leagues, the, the Yahoo wants a standard 12 teamers. Uh, it's going pretty well Good. for me, uh, but uh, I am actually in the legacy league. That is the, the pitcher list one. Uh, pitching is like, I'm so close, but so far yeah.
1: it's, I, I feel that. <laughs>
2: I mean, I got David Price is my ace in that one, which is, I'm I'm going to just make that work. I'm going to figure this one out. Um, but I, I mean, so far, I'm, I'm pretty happy with with the, the idea of getting your Matt Boyd's uh, we're still Boyd boys. Oh. Actually, we even said in the start of it who our boys were. And we didn't even, yeah, mention, we didn't even mention
1: that. Uh, he's one of our uh,
2: how could we do Boyd that?
1: boys like crazy. And we <laughs> didn't even talk about how he's one of our he's one of our recently adopted sons to go with the right? Castillo's and the Tyone's and the David Price's and the Clev dogs. Um, oh. But yeah, we were accumulating quite an ensemble cast here.
2: Now I will say TGFBI. I have not been fortunate because my ace was Luis Severino, and I really hinged on that, and I, that has been tough. Definitely has been for pitching. Like Offensively, you can't really find that sh- but... stream
1: there, and it's a fifteen team. Or right, two, no, exactly. It's so. a lot tougher. Yeah, I I've, I've, that's been one of my better leagues, and but to your point about like waiting, it's been on some of my uh, my wait and see guys. I, I do have uh, Justin Verlander. He's pretty good. But I went uh, – I also got Stupid Thor. Uh, but then it's the Musgrove, the Samarja doing really well. I've got a 253 ERA out of him. Is that what a season nice. ERA is or have I curated some no, of that? No, 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 no. No, you've definitely okay. curated. Yeah, so um, – no, that is what his ERA is. Six starts, 253 ERA from Jeff Samarja.
2: You have to be kidding me. Really? Loose lips? Isn't that wild? doing that. Oh, my God. Oh, yes. Yeah, right. Four, eight. For Sierra and 20% rate, but nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at
1: that. Look at that. Um, stupid Kyle Hendricks, who just fell in my draft, so I drafted. I don't even like Kyle Hendricks. And
2: I <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you got the 11K start. Come on. Hopefully some things can turn around for him. But anyway, uh, Marco Gonzalez was somebody I really tuned into late in draft season and uh, got him in a few 15-teamers. I feel good about him. He's my Michaelis this year. Basically, I think he's kind of right. he's kind of that Michaelis type that I think is going to get a boatload of innings that are going to be solid. Strikeouts aren't really going to be there, but he can make up for it with volume or stabilize it, not make up for it. Like he's not going to put up one hundred and eighty strikeouts via innings, but he's but his seventeen percent rate or whatever it is for Marco Gonzalez is going to be slightly mitigated by the fact that I think he's going to pile up the. It's actually at eighteen percent. It's not no, it's not terrible, but no, uh,
2: I, I actually kind of like Marco Gonzalez. That was someone we we're somewhat similar on. I yeah. think I have him forty-seven right now. Uh,
1: I, we have to be close because I know I've got him in. I'm I, dead,
2: I, dead I, even, 47. 47. Ah, nice. Um, I call him Spider-Man, which is the ultimate Toby. Yes. Toby Maguire is the most successful. Well, I'm one. aware of that. So, one. so <laughs> Marco Gonzalez is the Toby or Spider-Man this year. I'm, I'm digging it. I'm fine
1: with it every yep. time. I just I'm starting him. Can't really see any any reason why you want it. Let me see. I think we're similar on this guy, but since we're just kind of going through some stuff here, I want to ask you about a certain somebody. Let me find him. I mean, we actually do have a split. Maybe we could have talked about him. Mike Miner, you're not buying it? Well, you're not buying it as much. Well, uh, that paints it in a yeah. negative light as if you hate him or something. 45 to 61, again, that's pure glob territory that doesn't mean you're not buying him but quick thoughts on him as we as we wind down here not not a full deep dive sure. just a quick thought on Mike Yeah Mike. No,
2: I I just I love his changeup I don't really love much else Okay. And that that's a problem for me also pitching in Arlington isn't the best place to Absolutely. be Absolutely. Uh I'm seeing a 404 Sierra uh on a 204 BABIP. and it, I think there, there's a lot of things I've been going his way a bit yes he has that 12% swing strike rate but I, I I don't really love the slider. I don't think the curveball is that great either. The fastball is fine. I like this. I like that it's gone up and velocity a little bit. But see, it, it, I don't see so much that makes me think that okay, Mike Miner is really going to have that amazing three month run like he did again. Last I agree
1: year. with that. But what I like is that I, I I'll buy the FIB. I'll buy the Sierra. I think that's going to come whether it's three eighty four FIB or what'd you say four hundred four Sierra. Yep. Whether it's one of those for his ERA, but with a good whip and more strikeouts, I'll take that. So it's basically an enhanced version of last year. I think that's what we could get if it's like a 404 ERA but a 115 whip and a 23% strikeout rate. That appeals to me for Minor. So I'll build in the regression sure. on a 204 BABIP and an 81% left on base rate. Of course, a particular Arlington. If he doesn't avoid the blowup, that's going to be the key for Minor. But yeah. I, I just wanted to see where you were on him, and I, I think we're probably starting mm-hmm. him similarly, right? I, I've got him as they usually yes. start. Can't really envision too many scenarios where you can sit him down. Uh, I did give him some love for his, his recent run, though.
2: There, There is one thing to say about that one start against the Mariners. Uh, he killed it, of course, and then Lanthlin did two. Yeah dude so uh, was it just the Mariners
1: being really bad or, that cost me you know it makes you think about maybe it was my head to head because I didn't trust him against the Mariners I was like you know that Mariners office yeah, I know and it? I was trying to be cautious it's his name is double L after and all and we only no no uh, the Miner Minor. Oh, minor. In oh, Minor against Seattle. I'm so sorry. And he had a 321 year. I should have. I'm, I'm stupid. I'm a bad player. A bad fantasy player. Don't take nah, my. Ah, that's, that's not. Ignore everything. At all Do the I, opposite. No. of what I say that. That's how you win your league. Do the opposite. All right, Nick. Does, does that mean that we should? I don't. Uh, <laughs> should
2: we take the opposite of that? All right. Great episode. I'm gonna. I'm gonna stop. <laughs> Fantastic episode. It's gonna be
1: May, and uh, I it's, hope you enjoy that. It's gonna be May, and uh, we will be talking <laughs> next week. This this there will yes. not be a Friday episode. This 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 fulfills our duties for the week, but uh, great talking with you, and uh, I'll, I'll talk to you down the road.
2: Always. Uh, thanks for the fireside.
1: Thanks for listening to today's fireside chat with Paul Spore and Nick Pollock. Follow both
0: Paul and Nick on Twitter at Spore and at PitcherList.